Hey, y'all. Welcome to Not But For Real, where besties who heal together keep it real together. I'm Allie, and this here is Jay. And so we are here with you for another week and another episode. And while you're here, go ahead and make sure you are following us on all social media platforms at MBFR Podcast, making sure that you are on our YouTube, giving us likes, as well as subscribing to our channel. And so I guess we can just go ahead and hop right into our icebreaker. Now, our icebreaker this week is your unpopular Black opinion. Mm. You go first. My unpopular Black opinion, and I feel like it's becoming more popular, so I'm going to say old school Black opinion, Mm -hmm. is that what happens in this family stays in this family. I personally feel like, first of all, if it's something that's good happening in the family, then the community can benefit from it. So I don't understand why you withhold good information from your community. Um, If there's something bad happening in the family, the community can benefit from it. So (laughs) for the most part, your community is going to benefit from hearing a shared experience. So you should share it. I personally don't believe in gatekeeping within your own community. That's the whole point of having a gate to keep others outside, not to keep your family out. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I personally think that we should share our experiences as a community so that we can do better. Um, Yeah, that was mine. (laughs) I like that one. Mine is, um, I don't know if it's going to be controversial, but we'll see. But I said that mainstream hip hop is inhibiting black growth. Mm-hmm. So, and I, yeah, <laughs> because I know that a lot of people are like, well, it, it's reality. It's reality. And yeah, it is. It is reality. And I think it's normalizing things that are not healthy. So mm-hmm. it, yes, it could be our reality, of course, but it's, gets to a point where can it get toxic like if we just keep saying the same things and time after time I mean and and all these deaths that are happening with these rappers like it's ridiculous at this point so yes I say mainstream hip-hop is inhibiting black growth so yes it can be normalized and this could be what we're going through but how can we grow from it what are these rappers saying that can teach people who are going through that experience that they went through what are they saying that's going to help them get out of it not keep doing it yeah but my unpopular black opinion i agree i'm gonna sip tea but i agree but i'm still (laughs) dance to it (laughs) lord so yes okay (laughs) So as we're talking about like unpopular Black opinions, we often find ourselves in spaces where our opinion might actually be popular just in that space that we're in. Mm -hmm. And so talking about an echo chamber, echo chamber being exactly what you hear, like, hello, 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 just like that. So you find yourself being in a space where your thoughts and your opinions are going to be the same as other people's thoughts and other people's opinions. And that doesn't leave room for an opposing view. So it doesn't leave room for much, in my opinion, learning, developing. Mm -hmm. Um, So with that, Jay, have you found yourself in an echo chamber? Yeah, I found myself in both an echo chamber that I consider myself, I'm, I'm a proud member of, which is the Beehive. I'm a, I will not be leaving that echo chamber anytime soon, y'all. I will die in there. 
Well, yeah, the, the beehive is one. I don't want to hear no Beyonce back talk. I don't care. Um, but a uh, serious though, veganism and toxic diet culture. Um, I have found myself in spaces that talk about not saying that veganism is a problem, not saying that any other quote unquote diet fad is an issue. I'm not a registered nutritionist, so I cannot tell you. But what I can say is that there's so much knowledge on other sides of the spectrum in which you can't just say meat's bad, veggies good, you know? There's always this gray area. There's always research that supports another side. And when you just, like for me for a, a while, I was just sitting in spaces and absorbing energy or absorbing, absorbing content, sorry, that supported that claim that meat bad, veggies good. And then you start seeing, you know, the same shit. Like you, you never grow and never really learn other forms of nutrition and other forms of um, lifestyles that don't support this claim. So, um, and actually for a very long time, because I grew up, I have, I live in a vegan household right now. I grew up in, you know, with people who mostly are vegan. I have my, you, my family is very strong in the vegan community. And I actually just probably sometime around this year, start learning about different lifestyles. Some people who only eat meat and don't eat vegetables at all. And some people who, um, just live on farms and grow their own, like just a lot of other research that supports other data. Um, not, I've never been vegan. I mean, I've never stayed vegan myself, I should say. Um, so it never was like, violent like it's never like it stopped me from doing anything <laughs> but I have consumed a lot of information in in past years that stopped me from learning about other other people's lifestyles and being empathetic to other people's lifestyles as well yeah now for me I I was mine takes it's a little bit deeper so mm-hmm. not deeper than what you're saying but like deeper than I may be able to express so I'm going right. to try my absolute best to express my absolute best to express it the best way I can. Mm-hmm. Now, finding myself in an echo chamber where it's like Black women, and a lot of times um, these Black women being involved in relationships with Black men, and then we get the Black woman side of the story of what has happened, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, niggas ain't shit. Like, yep. And it's like echoed around, echoed around, and it takes away, it like pushes out the the man's perspective and we don't ever really hear the man's perspective we don't really know what he had going on what happened with him like we don't really know that we just know the black woman's perspective and it takes away a whole side of the story and Mm -hmm. so it just kind of leaves room for only one side really so that's where I find myself a lot of times is on social media within the black women realm and a lot of times what's happening with black women they're always just like, oh, like I got spiritual stuff going on there. I got this going on. Black girl magic. Oh, fuck these mm-hmm. niggas. Like we single. <laughs> right, <laughs> you, see right, right. You, you see how we sprinkle it in there? That's how it gets yep. sprinkled in there. Like mm-hmm. it really gets sprinkled. So it's, yeah, it's hurt. A little hurt up in there just a yeah, bit. A little bit of hurt, <laughs> but other than that, spirituality, like <laughs> so, you know, my um, lash business. <laughs> right, right. He's on my business, entrepreneur. Like that's the that's where I find <laughs> myself. So it's like this push and pull and this tug of war. That's almost how I'm like envisioning in my head where we constantly see where we're pushing against these men. And then like, we want to bring them in because we, we love our black men. So we want to bring them in, but when it's time to bring them in, that's when they're, they're pushing us. Now they trying to get away. So it's like right. this, this, it seems like 
either side's not understanding the other side's perspective because there's so much hurt in one side and so much hurt in the other side that neither one is able to actually see why each other are actually hurt because they're only taking their perspective and men are only on the men's side so like we have all these men who are seeing all these other black men's uh perspectives and point of views and oh this this woman did me wrong she did me dirty she did me this so then they think black women be doing people wrong be doing people dirty they angry black women this this and that and so it's this narrative that's being created that when we're found ourselves in this find ourselves in these echo chambers and we're echoing it around we don't get the chance to actually sit in a space with black men and with black women and have conversations to the point where both sides can actually understand how the other person feels and why they feel that way. Yeah. 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 I've also found myself in that echo chamber as well for a long time. And I still bounce back. Like I'm not about to sit up here and act like my feed is not full of black women and lash businesses and spirituality. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not going to act like that. <laughs> Love a black woman from infinity. <laughs> okay. But what I have noticed is, and I've said this um, talking to somebody, talking to a lot of men recently, actually, is that a lot of times uh, black women, we use a lot of um we use a lot of research and we use a lot, of, which is always good in presenting an argument. Don't get me wrong. But the problem occurs when we use so much research and we're saying like, the reason y'all act like this is because of misogyny. And the reason y'all act like this is this, 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 and this, and it's hurting y'all too. And, you know, we're giving facts and I'm not saying the facts are wrong because they'd be right. <laughs> but the problem is that a lot of times the human experience is not always just it's just not always factual it's not always calculated it's not emotions play a huge part in that and we ignore so many emotions that are tied to years and years of their identity being tied to misogyny Mm -hmm. and a lot of times I've seen us just try to like erase that like okay well your identity is tied to misogyny you're wrong and they're like girl like let me tell you something you know and then obviously they're gonna get defensive as you would too if you were told your entire identity is not right Mm -hmm. it's just you know um it's just like when they say when a lot of people who are misogynist and who are homophobic say the same thing to the lgbt community your identity is wrong and this is why based off of their facts from the bible of, yeah. you know, they're supporting claims from the Bible and we're using supporting claims from history and supporting claims from and at the same time their identity is still tied to this like you're literally saying that their identity is not valid enough because you have this you know supporting facts and that's what makes it so difficult because we have to not only support them in their emotions um, to get rid of quote-unquote misogyny we have to make sure that we're supporting their emotions even if it doesn't uh, directly tied to what we're sta- standing on and the, the hill that we're willing to die on is going to be very difficult on both sides. I'm speaking from a woman's perspective, but on both sides, when they talk about like black men podcasts, they just need to stop having podcasts. But it's like, I'll be listening and these people are hurt, like mm-hmm. straight hurt. And like I said before, a lot of times they are hurt from misogyny and don't realize it. But a lot of times they're hurt from the words that we say, and it's just defense after defense and they're defending themselves on claims that might not have even been made but they're like you said they've been stuck in this echo chamber for so long it's on repeat (laughs) it might not even be being said anymore nobody it might not be saying anything to you but now it's on repeat y'all ain't shit constantly on repeat so now i'm just in constant defense mode same as black women y'all loud nobody wants y'all so what do we do 
okay, I'm going to be the baddest bitch. And no, we don't got to do nothing. You know, nobody's even saying anything wrong to us. But now it's like, y'all been telling me for years, I'm not attractive. Y'all been telling me for years that I'm not this, I'm not that. So we don't even, we're not even listening to the other side. And they might've changed their whole perspective. Exactly. That's, that's, that's the point. That's it. And right. that, that can lead us into the next point, which is it's dangerous. It's mm-hmm. dangerous to be in these echo chambers and you find yourself almost being outdated even right. um, and what's actually going on outside of the echo chamber that you have found yourself to be in. And so outside of being like outdated, Jay, any other dangers that you can think of when it comes to being in the echo chamber? Um, You can think of like extremes where, like I said, a lot of times people who are in the echo chamber start to become defensive and extreme defense always ends up it never ends up in a good space. Like it always ends up in some either violence or chaos or just not peaceful. So that's a huge, obviously, danger. But you said uh, once. I don't want to say small, but not a severe danger, which is just limiting your opportunity to learn. Mm-hmm. And when you limit your opportunity to understand someone else's perspective, you're limiting your own perspective. Um, I think I think when I was thinking about this topic, I was thinking about how a lot of times now, especially now that we have Internet, when we, we start to self-diagnose and a lot of people take that self-diagnosis. And they run to the hospital and say that this is what they either they ignore the hospital, they run and they tell their doctors, this is what I got. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that there's a problem with looking online and finding something that supports how you feel or something that supports what you're going through. And, you know, giving your doctor a flatline, I think I might, you know, resonate with this. But the thing about being a doctor that differentiates, you know, regular civilian experience I guess I mean they're civilians too but regular you know non-doctors that separates them is the fact that they cross-diagnose and Mm -hmm. they look into not only what you do have but let me rule out what you don't Mm -hmm. and that's a big thing about the echo chamber you don't get an opportunity to rule out what you don't you don't even know what you you don't know anything else is going on and going on on the other side so you never get that opportunity to cross-diagnose if your diagnosis is even correct right and that's what makes, you know, being a doctor, that's what makes a doctor a doctor, honestly, because anybody can go on Google mm-hmm. and say that you have this, but you never know what else you might have or what else you might not have right. and how it may play a role in what you do have. So you don't want to limit yourself from opportunities to learn about the other person's side because it can actually strengthen your argument. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As you were saying that, like, that's so relatable, even for like therapists, therapists could be doctors too. Like even now when you were saying yeah. that, cause you can like look up and be like, Oh, I'm, I'm not my, this person's narcissistic. That's like oh. the one, that's the one that everyone likes <laughs> yes. to throw around narcissistic. And a lot of times, a lot of these disorders are actually like a lot of the symptoms are very, very similar across the board. And I'm, what I like to think of is it's, not the symptoms, it's the intentions. Mm-hmm. So at least when it comes to like mental, I wouldn't know yeah. when it comes to like the body, like medical, that's like a whole nother field. But in the mental field, like it's intentions behind it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you can have the same, like it, you have depressive symptoms and PTSD and you also have them in borderline and you also have them in like you, depression kind of, you know, anxiety, it kind of trickles around. So being able to know the intention and a lot of times knowing the other person's intention kind of go back to the echo chamber, knowing the other person's intention that helps a lot with understanding them and understanding more outside of your own chamber. So it, it expands. It's almost like I'm envisioning this, um, 
zone of proximity. That's something like that we talk about in like psychology, zone of proximity. And you have yourself in the middle. And then outside, if you if you're listening to this, imagine in a circle, you have a circle, you have yourself inside the circle. Then you have a circle that is outside that circle, like it's surrounding mm-hmm. you. That outside circle is usually your environment. So that outside circle is the environment. And for you, in order for you to expand your zone of proximity, in order for you to expand your mind, in order for you to expand your knowledge, you have to reach out and look out into the environment. And that might be people in the environment, that might be um contact, whatever, but you have to reach out in order to expand it. Cause if not, you're limited. You're still in the inside and there's so much more outside of you. And then there's so much more. There's a whole nother one that's just out of almost everybody's reach. That's what people are like, oh, what happens when we die? Like that's completely yeah. out of all of our reach. Right. <laughs> that's like also philosophical shit for sure. Yeah. But yeah. it just it makes you realize that in order to even gain empathy in general, you have to escape the echo chamber. I don't think empathy can live inside of an, an echo chamber. Um, and we all want to be empathetic because that's what aids growth. That's what expands your mind. And being able to go outside of, like you said, these zones of proximity so that you can even come back to your zone of proximity and let them know this is what they do on the other side. Like, that's a strategy of war, y'all, okay? <laughs> Honestly, this is what's cracking on the other side of the fence. So that we can be ready over here. Let me know, let you know what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a lot of times what they do to prepare for debates. And Mm -hmm. I think that is something that is crucial that we're missing in the black community. Um, And we talk about this a lot is communication and we struggle with communication. And I feel like having empathy and being able to go outside of your immediate circle is going to really help amplify our communication in our community. For sure. For sure. For sure. (laughs) And as we're talking about like escaping the the echo chamber, like kind of expanding out our horizons, expanding our minds, our zone of proximity, um, being able to network is like huge and important and not just networking, just the network, but networking intentionally and with an open mind that sets the foundation for being able to expand your own knowledge and understanding this other person's point of view, um, which is like, one of the things that we really, really want to do with this podcast is bringing on people who have like totally different mindsets from our own so that we can have conversations with them. So if you find us talking about topics and you're like, hell no, I completely disagree. You, y'all, y'all sound crazy. Like if mm-hmm. you find yourself thinking those thoughts, like reach out to us, please, because I love conversations like that because I want to know why you think that way. Like, my yeah. profession of work literally loves like understanding the human mind, understanding why people do and why people think the way they think. So, yeah. Sure. Any any other ways of escaping the echo chamber that you that you thought of, Jay? Other than networking, I said networking is a top priority, obviously. But for me, it's traveling, y'all. And if that means just hopping on a bus and going a couple blocks down, I have a best. We have a best friend who literally, I feel like she's top two. I don't know if this is networking. This is both networking and traveling. That girl will talk to, uh, it don't matter who. <laughs> it don't matter. We will be, and this drives me nuts. I don't know if this is just a nonchalant girl in me. Like, if you meet me, y'all, you will see, I will be in a book like I'm to myself. I, I don't always like to interact. 
We'll be at the grocery store. I remember it was one fourth of July. She's like, we're going to your barbecue. I'm like, we like talking to somebody in line at the grocery store. (laughs) But even though having those conversations at the grocery store, putting your phone down and just talking to the person in front of you and sharing a similar experience, like, oh, my God, this line is long as hell. You can literally get some real true shit coming out of that experience with that person in front of you whose life is completely different you don't know anything Mm -hmm. about this person and just having more experiences where you're outside of where you normally go maybe go to the Kroger that's farther or maybe go to the Walmart that's on the opposite side of town but Mm -hmm. talking to people asking questions when you do travel uh if you do go overseas that's a huge one for me when I go overseas I try to talk to everybody if my um if my granny from Guatemala is listening, hey girl, <laughs> I try to talk to everyone. I don't care what age, I don't care what nationality, because in spots like that, when you're very vulnerable and you're not, you're in a space that you don't understand, you're going to need to make connections. Mm-hmm. And so being able to have those communication skills and just hopping out, y'all, it's, it's hard. And I get it because I am not someone who likes to talk to people either, but just hopping out there on a limb and putting yourself in spaces in which you might need to talk to somebody who does not look like you actually helps me when you have no other choice but to talk to somebody who does not look like you. So traveling is a huge one. And if that's just, like I said, up the street, that's cool too. Yeah, I love that. I love traveling. Like being able to, that's what we, uh, me and you talked about a lot back when we were like in college wanting this program and being able to teach empathy to children because a lot of times like we're born empathetic like don't get it twisted like that's something that we are born with um you hear a baby cry if you have a baby in a room with another baby and the baby's crying the other baby's gonna cry like unless they learned helplessness and that's just if they learned that if I cry ain't shit gonna happen for me ain't nobody gonna come help me so and then nobody should come help you that's right nobody helped me so nobody should come help you exactly exactly that point right there echo chamber again once again right (laughs) get up out the echo chamber y'all like do you find yourself in an echo chamber and if so like what kind I'm also part of the beehive so hmm yeah we're not leaving that one that one (laughs) that one ain't going nowhere the moment I hear somebody say overrated overrated who we ready to tussle on on MBFR (laughs) we had a best friend we was ready to fight on spot right got a tussle for me <laughs> we're not exactly. leaving so don't come exactly. in the comments saying we're leaving because mm-hmm. we're not <laughs> 10 toes deep but yeah right. if you find yourself <laughs> in an echo chamber what echo chamber do you find yourself in and are you struggling with getting out of that echo chamber are you reaching out to other people if if you're struggling um are you trying to network so just kind of giving our thoughts or giving your thoughts on our thoughts of the echo chamber and what you think so with that being said, make sure you are following us at MBFR Podcast on all social media platforms, making sure that you are sharing this podcast because a lot of times um, y'all can listen to it, but what about sharing it with your loved ones? Like, I'm confused. I mean, how, how are we supposed to heal together if we're not sharing it? Like, that don't make no sense. So right. share it with make- outside of your echo chamber. Share outside your echo chamber, period. And then make sure that you are checking in with us next week. And until next time. Bye-bye.